0: Will we'll, told you my name. I'm Jen Lebonsky. Thank you for that sweet introduction, Will. And um, I think we have a picture up here of my family. There we go. Um, most of you actually are familiar with my husband, Adam. He just oh, he directed the movie Rogue Saints that just came out on Tuesday. Oh. Yay! Oh. Very cool. That's making a movie, kind of. Takes over your life. It's been a big thing and quite a ride, but um, it's been an amazing experience. And that was a team effort between Adam and Dave Brunk and really almost everybody here at Lake Sam. That just wouldn't have happened without all of you. And thank you. And the movie itself is about this idea of community and relationship and what we can have in the body of Christ, even in our brokenness. And I came to truly understand the value of that here. Um, especially at Lake Sam, during the making of that movie, and you, the movie is about you guys, and how wonderful you are, <laughs> really. Um, you saw curtain that he 's down in Venice. he officiated a funeral yesterday, if you recall, he talked about that they were in a small group down there in Venice and were very close with those people, and one of their friends uh, just passed away unexpectedly. Have you ever been in one of those places where God just doesn't make any sense? You just can't figure out what he's doing. That's where Kurt and Julie are right now. It's part of what I'm going to be speaking about today as well. Um, So I was going to have Adam come up and pray for me. Is that okay? You're way back there. (laughs) Um, So I was going to have Adam pray for me and remember to pray for Kurt And also, as usual, another church in the area.
1: God, um, first of all, I want to thank you for my wife and for the godly woman that she is. And I know that she, uh, she prepared diligently for this. And the thing that I love about her, and I know that you love about her, is that she always, always seeks to be obedient to you. And... Tries to make sure that she's hearing your voice and doing only that. And I pray that you will um, bless that preparation by giving her calm and letting her hear your voice uh, and only saying what you would have her say. And I pray also for Kurt and the people who have lost a loved one. I know that that is always difficult um, and also... uh, full of memories that can help improve life. Um, I just pray that you will work through even that. And finally, I pray for uh, Redmond Assembly of God, um, that they too would receive a message that is directly from you. Amen.
0: Um, In the picture, you can also see my daughters. There's Madison, who is my daughter by birth. She is artistic like her father. She likes to bake and create things. And she likes to do things different than everyone else. Thank you very much. She is. <laughs> she has a lot of energy, but she's a joy. And Cachet is our daughter by adoption. Uh, Adam and I have always wanted to have more children since we had Madison, but we have not been able to. We've had trouble conceiving. And um, we received a phone call from an extended family on Adam's side asking if we wanted to add cachet to our family and we were excited to do that now cachet would like to do things the same way everyone else is doing however she perceives that this is how it should be done the normal that is what she would like to do and this is kind of how their personalities are just in general when they were little, I would get them get them cupcakes, and Madison would only eat the frosting. Cachet would only eat the cake, and I would wonder why I bought two. And this is just how they are. <laughs> um, Cachet came to live with us around Christmas time in um, 2006, and we call her our the best Christmas present we ever have received. So while Adam, this was mentioned, while Adam was making the movie, I was getting my master's degree in counseling, and you might ask, what made us decide to make a movie on me to get my master's degree at the same time? That's a good question. (laughs) I don't know what we were thinking. (laughs) Uh, It was crazy, and ended up being much crazier than we would have anticipated as well, and that's part of the story that I'm gonna tell. I ended up going to get my master's degree. I'm gonna, ooh, it works. Sorry, this is my first time up here. (laughs) It worked so well, but they told me there was this monitor here where I can look and see what's happening, except that the table hides it, so, and it's not doing its thing. It's okay, I have notes. We'll just do this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if you see me with the clicker and need to help me out, do that. Uh, so I, the school that I went to was a very secular school, and I had just come off of being on a research project at the University of Washington where I was working with families with autism, and who have children with autism, and I have a niece who has autism, and I was just passionate about this, especially about how it was impacting families and just how it was tearing families apart. The divorce rate in that community is about 80%. Um, And so I just really wanted to go to school and see what I could do to help these families. Um, So I ended up at school. I was surprised to find that I ended up at a secular school, but I knew God had placed me there. Um, Even so... I uh, I was excited excited to learn different viewpoints it was going to be a different experience for me I'm deeply grounded in my Christian faith I know who my god is and I know what I believe uh, but I really kinda wanted to sit back and observe and just see what was going on um, that doesn't usually work for me I can usually walk into a room and usually right away somebody can see Jesus I'm um, I i do not know what it is I'm trying to hide <laughs> No, it always is like this lightning rod that happens it's and something like that happened in my first class and and I could see already that there was this in some ways a rift and I found myself in a situation that just became more and more difficult and was actually pretty inappropriate I was living and responding and processing all of this through my Christian worldview uh, but in a place that didn't understand it at all. They and I think what was really challenging for them is that they didn't actually dislike me, they just liked ev- everything I believed in. <laughs> but they couldn't really dislike me, and so it was in some ways this tension. And there were what it amounted to is just this place where regularly there were interactions that were kind of violations of who I was as a person. And you need to understand that this was not really unusual. It was a time when there were actually people suing other psychology departments trying to get their degree um, just because Christianity doesn't fit with what current secular psychology teaches. It's just, it's a struggle to mesh them. Um, And... I, just because of how uncomfortable this had become for me, I did end up writing a complaint that moved through various processes at the school. And you remember when I introduced my family that I said that Adam and I had always wanted to have another child. And wouldn't you know that during the middle of all of this escalation, we became pregnant. Um... We were surprised and delighted. I had kind of gone to school as like my consolation prize for the fact that we weren't having more children. And, and here we were, we were having a child. And so it was going to be in a course change, but we were really excited about it. Um, and again, at school, things continued to escalate. And because of the issues I raised in the letter and because of the way that I was processing the things that were happening, the way that I was dealing with them, Uh, The way that I saw the world through this This vision this this filter of Christianity and Jesus really not even and that's it. It's not Christianity the way you usually Unfortunately, we don't even know what Christianity is. I really sought to live my life in line with Jesus and his words And that was just they couldn't make any sense of it if I had fit You know a Christian mold of boxes that they could figure out that might have been easier But I I didn't, and so they just couldn't understand anything that I did. (laughs) And what it came down to is eventually they referred me to a panel of people because they just felt like my behavior was off. It just didn't make any sense. And (sighs) to be fair, this panel was amazingly gracious. They were kind to me. And um, I appreciate the people that I dealt with. And you also need to understand this, Kurt and Adam, both were like, you need to say this very clearly, Jennifer. <laughs> I was vindicated in every way from, from my time at this panel. What I went through, they, I was vindicated. They felt like I was fine and okay. But you need to understand that this was incredibly stressful for me. And the accusations that were made against me were very deeply disturbing to me. And um, the more I got into the situation and was watching how things unfold and what happened and people's responses, it became very, very clear that there was never going to be justice in this situation. Because it wasn't just about me, it was other people who had gotten wrapped up in it in other ways, and the more that things unfolded, the more there was just no way for there to be justice. And that was heartbreaking. Um, A few days after I stood before this panel, I had an appointment to check up on my pregnancy. And so I went in and had the sonogram. And the doctor says, there's no heartbeat. And um, she said, I don't want to call it without confirmation. And so she sent me across town to another, to another office. And they checked again. And they said, no heartbeat. Now... Doctor was gracious and he held my hand while I cried and didn't know anything about my story or anything. And he said, he said when he thought baby's heart had stopped and it was the day that I stood before this panel. Now you can imagine that I have a problem now. I was already struggling with how I deal with these people, and now I have this. And I want to be clear. They didn't kill my baby. They had no idea how they were impacting me. They just truly could not conceive of things from the perspective that I was coming from. Now, being a good Christian girl, my daddy was a pastor, and I grew up in the church. I had pretty good instincts to grace and forgiveness. Um, But I had to stay in this situation to finish my degree. Um, If I didn't finish, the time I'd invested, the money we'd invested, would be lost. And this dream that I really believed I was following that I believed was close to God's heart, it was going to be thwarted. And there was so much on the line. And I was sitting there, and I, I did begin to wear down. I fought to get my attitude right. I wanted to forgive and show grace and have everything be okay, but really, they didn't. Um, they... they didn't know how to walk the path of restoring relationships and not only that in psychology there's this idea that given the right inputs you're going to come out and be all that you can be so the idea of facing a deep wrong is utterly foreign it's because um, they don't have anywhere to anything to do with it there's So you have to kind of just let things go. So the only way for there to really have been restored relationships was for me to embrace them in all the yuck that was there and to embrace the inappropriate ways that they were treating me. Um, So I struggled and I wrestled with God every day that I had to go back. And God was with me in amazing ways. He, He held me up and he carried me and he absolutely defended me and like I said this was a time When other Christians were suing counseling departments to get their degrees and God made a way for me to graduate Without compromising my beliefs. I never once compromised what I believe he made a way where there was no way But I still had this gaping wound in my soul and because of the grace that God had given me towards them I had a longing for restoration but I'm worn down and my self-righteous good girls defensive ways of thinking are kicking in and taking over and I'm struggling with anger because I've been wronged I've been deeply wronged and this is what God keeps speaking to my heart. Beloved, let us love. Beloved, let us love. Beloved, let us love. And so let's go and look at everything that scripture says. In 1 John 4, 7 through 12, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever doesn't love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved him. (laughs) but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Here I am, I'm, I'm angry and I'm grieving and I'm offended and I know I need to respond differently and I'm really at a loss to know how and God starts to do some heart surgery He starts to reveal to me some truth about my own motives how I'd like to be rich or powerful or use God's blessings for my own selfish ambitions And he starts to show me how every day I violate his relationship his relationship with me in some way. Now, I'd love for God to just say, it's okay. I love you. No worries. You're forgiven. But the thing about God is that He's He actually is holy. Um He's really sinless and in these things that I've done, I have actually, I've wronged him deeply. And there is a rift in our relationship and I can't get back to him because he's something completely different than I am. He's pure in a way that I thought to seek to be but I'm not even close. And my ways of reaching out to have relationship with him are inappropriate at best and offensive to who he is in other ways. And this is exactly like my relationship with these professors. I was different from them. I was part of the light. I lived in the light. And there's no way for their darkness, their sin, to have fellowship with me. There can't be oneness. And I had to find a way in myself to make up for this, this grievance. Um, If there's going to be any hope of ever having restored relationship. And I could tell you, (laughs) I could tell you what they could do to earn my trust back to make things right. But we all kind of know that's ridiculous. I'm not the boss of them and I'm not in control of them and I can't make it happen. And the truth is it's never going to happen. Maybe, and I leave the door open, but really, realistically, Aside from a miracle, it's not. And this, this thing that I needed to do is just exactly what God did for me. See, I'm someone who chose to come back to him for relationship. But there are people in here and out on the streets and anywhere you might go who are never going to choose that. They're never going to choose to come into relationship with him. And, and they are offending him every day. And he had to make a way in himself to have peace with those people who were, continued to wrong him. They're still walking in that. For there to ever be the possibility of there being a restored relationship. And this is what the Bible tells us in Philippians about Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, his very nature was God. He was God. But he didn't consider this something to be used to his own advantage. But he made himself nothing. And he took on the very nature of a servant came in human likeness, like the offender and being found like man, like a man. He humbled himself and he became obedient to the cross, obedient to death on a cross. Now, you understand that this doesn't make sense, right? The idea that God would send his precious son into a world that would hate and despise him. They were going to kill him and crucify They were brutal. They were going to be brutal and crucify him brutally. And he did it willingly. It was his choice to do it. That really doesn't make sense. And he did it with the hope that some of us might choose relationship. (laughs) And he, this is the crazy thing too, because he did it while we were still sinning against him. While we were still violating him. That's when he did it. Well, we were abusing him. He was making a way for justice where there was no way for justice. And he had to do it in himself because there was no way for me to do it. There was no way for us to do it. And when I understood the reality of what he had done for me, when this good little girl started to see the depth of relationship violation between me and my Heavenly Father, I was compelled to turn and give that grace back to these people who had wronged me. But this realization of the gift that God gave, um, when I really got it, when I thought about these people who had wronged me, what I felt for them, it wasn't forgiveness. What it was, it was love. I loved them. <laughs> I... I felt badly for them. I felt bad about their situation. I wanted something better for them. And I can't say I never go back. You, you all probably know that better than anyone, but, and I revisit and I feel the pain from time to time. I can't even say that I walked this truth out perfectly. But when the yuck pops up, if I take the moment and pray for them, if I bless them, I'm actually taken back to this place. <clears throat> and if I'm honest, the times when I really struggle, or the times when I'm back in the equation, when I, what should have happened to me or my reputation... But when I remember Christ's story, and I remember his way of bringing justice, and I'm taken back, I just feel badly that they don't have what I have. They don't know the reality of God's grace and love, and I want them to experience this gift of God's presence. This gift of justice. This, and as I was waking up this morning, I had this picture in my head because I sometimes struggle with condemnation and feeling like I've really gotten it wrong. And I had this picture of me on God's lap running back after this mess because it was a mess. And just this moment of how he felt go yeah that mess it's there let's go on we have other stuff to do and and in that I also was having this moment of thinking about what I would feel if any one of those people came back and we had a relationship that was in the light that was right I would be so delighted I wouldn't care I wouldn't care and that's how God feels about us too it would have been worth it for the for this relationship and I don't know if there's someone here who might want to choose that relationship for the first time if you want to I'm sure you could talk to Will or I after church there will be people under the cross if you think this is a relationship that you haven't entered into and you want to please take the time to find out about this God And that really is what I wanted to talk to you about, but I have one other thing I wanted to add. see, I've gained so much from my experience. (laughs) I had incredible intimacy with God as I walked this path. He revealed things about himself and truth that those are mine. Those are mine from this point forward. And they are part of who I am. <laughs> and I learned to love and appreciate my church family in a way I never have before. See? I learned what it's like to have the body of Christ hold you up. When you didn't have strength to stand for another day. And all that I can say to you is thank you because he reminded me who I was when I couldn't remember I love you all so much and I'm never going to be able to repay you for what you've done for me and I can truly say because of God's grace and because of you my cup overflows And with that in mind, I really would like to pray for all of you. Jesus, thank you for your people. Thank you for this, these relationships. Thank you that I've experienced your love and that that has enabled me to receive And give love to your people and I pray that you'll give everyone here a fresh understanding of the gift you've given us and making a way for us to have relationship with you and I pray someone makes that choice today to begin that relationship but I also pray Lord that this gift of your love this gift of justice will enable us to free and give love to those in our lives who will never be able to make things right with us on their own. And may the world, when they see it, see you. In your precious name, Jesus, amen.